Welcome to the Central Group Leadership Podcast, a podcast to inform, instruct, and inspire you toward creating community within your church. Here's your hosts, Pastor Anthony Matrone and Pastor Sarah Marsiglio. All right, well, welcome, welcome, welcome to the first ever podcast episode of the Central Group Leader Podcast. Wow, that is a mouthful and we're excited. It is. This is Anthony Matrone. <laughs> and hello, I'm Sarah Marsiglio. And we are your co-hosts for this podcast. And today we're going to bring you a really awesome conversation with Jim Bradford, our lead pastor here at Central. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that a little more in a minute. But I wanted to update you guys on a few things that are happening in the coming month. Um, as you probably should know, we had to postpone our group leader brunch uh, that we were going to do here in January, but we're going to do that in February on Saturday, the 26th yep. of February. It's going to be a really fun day. Uh, we're going to start at 10, go to about 1130. Uh, we're going to play games. We're going to have good food. Tell right. us what kind of food we're going to have, Sarah. We're going to have a holy brunch filled with pancakes. So mm. mm, whose stack is the highest? Let's go. Wow. Yes. Wow. As I'm many so as you stoked. want. All you can eat pancakes. Right. I hope. Right. I hope. <laughs> Uh, pastor Don, our senior adults pastor, he is actually leading the charge on the food. That's so awesome. he and his team are going to do that. They make breakfast. They know how to make breakfast. They know how to make breakfast. It's going to be wonderful. So uh, make sure you save the date for that. We're going to get some more formal invites out for that. Actually, you may have already seen something come out. Uh, make sure you RSVP. Let us know who's coming with you. Yeah. That's just going to be a fun, fun day. Awesome. Um, also, on February 6th, that is Sunday, February 6th, we have another night of worship and prayer. Yeah. Those have been uh, just really awesome times. January was just fantastic. We had a really great time of worship and being able to pray for people for healing um, at the altar, which was just a really incredible uh, moving time. We've already heard stories of just some amazing healing that God has, has done in some people's lives physically. Um, so we're going to be doing another night of worship and prayer on February 6th, Sunday. We actually, we love to encourage, um, our groups to come together to that, to really pray. Um, that, that is a big, um, a big onus we're, we're putting on this year. Right. Right. So good. And today we had a conversation with our lead pastor, Jim Bradford. And so a little bit about him before we jump into that conversation is while attending the University of Minnesota, Jim Bradford was called to lead a small group of students in a weekly Bible study. As he worked his way through this undergraduate and graduate degrees, this small group really grew. By the time Jim was set to defend his doctoral thesis, he felt increasingly drawn to full-time pastoral ministry. Armed with a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering and mechanics, a master's degree and PhD in aerospace engineering, Jim bypassed a career at NASA in favor of the opportunity to pursue God's call on his life into vocational ministry. What started as a small Bible study at the University of Minnesota had grown into a full-fledged congregation of young believers. Through the years, Pastor Jim's ministry has taken him to pastor churches in Costa Mesa, California, Vancouver, British Columbia, and Central Assembly in Springfield Mo, where he is now. For eight years, he also served as one of our four executives who led the Assemblies of God National Office. He is a highly sought-after teacher who's called on to speak around the world. But home for Jim is at the pulpit at Central Assembly. Every week, we are lovingly challenged by Pastor Jim to pursue Jesus and open up ourselves to the heart-shaping work of the Holy Spirit. So we're excited for this conversation. We hope you guys enjoy it. Well, hey, Pastor Jim, so good to have you. 
It's great to be with you, Anthony and Sarah. Uh, really excited, by the way, about this initiative. Uh, great to be doing some podcasting. Yeah, yeah. we're excited. Well, we're excited that you're the first one. Yeah, our first interviewee, our first guest. <laughs> okay, if this doesn't go well, uh, I hear you've already interviewed the next two. <laughs> we and actually they went, have. They went fantastic. So uh, maybe our audience can extend us grace in case this one's a dud. <laughs> well, we're really excited, and we really appreciate you taking the time. Um, to do this and we Thank know you. that you're busy, but we also know that you love our group leaders. Yes. And this is a very important thing to you. Very important. Whatever step we can take uh, year by year towards being a more disciple making driven yeah. congregation. Uh, you know, we, we grow best in relationship with each other. Yeah. That's one of the really benefits of 2020 amidst all the downsides of 2020 was that we just saw a major proliferation of people connections in the congregation, right. life groups, midweek small groups, mm-hmm. um, that that is a step towards great strength and health for us. Yeah. So I, I'm all for this, and it's really been a part of my life for many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it has been a part of your life yeah. for a long time, hasn't it? And really, early on in your life um, at the University of Minnesota, you you started a church, but the church kind of started out as a really small group of people, right? So we kind of wanted to talk about your beginnings in that mm-hmm. and maybe with some things that we can glean from from your experience. Can you just talk about your initial experience with, with that small group setting and what that was like for you? I transferred to the University of Minnesota as a junior mm-hmm. and uh, became a part of a group that the Assemblies of God had started uh, a few years earlier in, in the Chi Alpha network. It was one of the really early Chi Alpha uh, years Uh, The group had sort of seen its heyday, and the campus pastor was leaving, and so it was kind of turned over to me, a group of about a dozen. And so our weekly weekly Chi Alpha meetings were really a small group meeting, and then many people have heard me tell the story of shrinking it from 12 to three of us. That's (laughs) me and two others. And uh, for for a while, we were just uh, a Bible study of three or four of us in my dorm room, and I, I, for some reason, had this flashback just uh, sometime this summer of a moment that that happened after one of those small group meetings. So it wasn't big crowds. I mean, I've had the privilege of, you know, speaking to groups of thousands of people at a right. time. But I had this flashback to a moment of just sheer unadulterated joy mm. after one of those small group meetings, even though it was just me and, a, and, and two or three other people. Yeah. But we went through God's word. Um, I do inductive Bible studies. What does it say? Mm-hmm. What does it mean? How does it apply to me? Just simple rule of thumb stuff. But, um, but I, I just remember my heart was just burning with joy afterwards that, that God just met us, you know, and mm. that, and that we were in relationship together and we were growing together. And I don't think I've ever felt a greater sense of exhilaration, mm. even after preaching sometimes to crowds of thousands of people. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing beats this, you mm. know, when, when you actually know each other and you, um, you just explore God's word and nobody's trying to prove anything to anybody, but mm. explore God's word. You pray for one another. You feel that, kind of coin a knee of one another glow in your heart yeah. like when you're with good friends and um I, it, it just struck me for some reason this summer that that actually was one of the most fulfilling mm. moments wow. of ministry even to this day that's cool. and that's why I'm, I'm really you know pro what happens yeah. 
when, when we get together in smaller connections and actually know each other as we grow. Wow, that's right. amazing. Yeah, that's so powerful to talk about the longitudinal process of being in a group setting. And I think about, you know, if I was one of the two alongside you in the beginning and then being a part of that change, how fun that would have been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, uh, it did lead to a breakthrough that happened to us and we grew, we grew kind of overnight to 65. And mm-hmm. I remember we were at about 80 to 90 students and I was still a full-time PhD student. <laughs> I was in my lab in the aerospace building there at the university and I was working away one day and I was realizing that, boy, a lot of students could just, I had a laboratory all to myself for some reason. I wasn't in a cubicle mm. with a bunch of other grad students. And I think the Lord kind of orchestrated that because uh. students would just come in and talk and, you know, it's always relational issues or family issues or mm. where's God taking me in my life. And so I had a lot of one-on-one moments with students, but um, it was one of those days in my lab, I was just alone and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to start investing in some people who normally wouldn't come to you for counseling. Hmm. There's some of the stronger people, maybe more mature people spiritually in the group. You need to start taking at least half your time and investing in them, even if you have to say no to some others. And that's when we multiplied a small group ministry then in, in, in that group. And I, I started meeting actually back then weekly with about maybe 20 small group leaders wow. kind of just beginning to train them for some of them. It was their first leadership experience. Yep. Mm. So just every week we'd kind of invest in their lives and my, my counseling load dropped in half wow. over the next year because wow. people were being better cared for yeah. mm. um, people who, who, who just didn't need to figure out when I was free so they could drop in and talk to me as like, as sort of the main right. leader. And uh, it was very fulfilling too to then to, watch people reproduce themselves spiritually as they led small groups themselves. Mm-hmm. And we tried to invest in them like, like this podcast is an investment in our yep. leaders mm-hmm. and many other ways we try to invest in our leaders. But, but th- this is, this is, I think the multiplication part of it. Mm-hmm. And I found that I could, I could do ministry through people rather yep. than just to them. That's great. And that's one of the things with the size of our church that's one of the things that's mission critical for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously I can't lead uh, 30 small groups, but, but through what each one of you right. who are listening are doing yes. as leaders, it's pretty good. That was probably one of the most strategic turning points in my ministry life. Yeah. That moment God spoke to me and uh, then we started raising up leaders and it was pretty great. That's awesome. Well, we, I've heard that story mm-hmm. a lot. And I never get sick of it. Is that right? Well, thank I you. never get sick of it. Thank you I mean, for having mercy on me. I'm more than aware many of you have heard this many times. We, we get to hear that at Meet the Pastors mm-hmm. a lot. And yeah. we get to in, in, in other settings. And I, right. I, I honestly, and if you're in the room right now, you'd see Pastor Jim's face just lights up when he talks about it. Yeah. And you can tell that it's yeah. it's one of those super impactful moments in your life. You nice. talked a little bit about... Um, you know, obviously you can't lead 30 small groups at, mm. at Central Assembly. And we know that you have great influence in this church as, as, the, as the lead pastor here. Um, but in an, in, a, in an interesting way, our group leaders carry influence at a, maybe, maybe not greater influence than you with the small fear that, sphere that they're in, but just an influence at a different yeah. sort of level. So you can, can you talk to that a little bit? Like what, what type of influence do we as group leaders have that maybe you you don't even have as that the I don't pastor have. here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I do understand my role and what 
only I can do. But, mm-hmm. but um, one of my favorite questions when I'm trying to get to know a person for the first time, and we have some time to talk, is uh, who influenced you most other than your parents and why? And inevitably the answer always in different words from different people, but it always boiled down to somebody uh, took the time to engage me personally. Right. And they saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And they just sort of believed in me, believed in what I could become spiritually. They were encur- became encouragers in my life. And, and, and that actually, I think, is even a more potent influence than somebody who speaks to a thousand people all mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. And I do understand the importance of that. Absolutely. But, but that's where small group leaders have such incredible influence. Boy, you, you just pay attention to people and believe in them. And look, I had people say to me, Pastor, you're the first person who's ever believed in me. Mm-hmm. I go, you're kidding me. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, but that's what I think we can proliferate throughout the whole congregation. Just because you're in relationship with people, you're able to verbalize encouragement to them that I can't, mm-hmm. I may not even know them. And then you're doing it like week after week or month after month, and you're growing in relationship together. And, and to have to have somebody who's willing to take the time to get you together with other people and be interested in you as a person mm-hmm. and and say to you the next week, boy, uh, you know, uh, how did that meeting at work go last week? I was praying for you. I mean, mm. years later, you look back at that. Yes. You don't remember sermons, but that's what you remember. Right. right. You're so right. Right. And, you know, when we talk about influence and the different um, opportunities, roles, responsibilities that really God gives us to steward. So when we talk about influence, I mean, there's people that we are to steward the influence we care to them, right? Um, So can you just speak a little bit to that of how to steward the influence that you carry as a group leader? I I think that's a terrific question, Sarah. Um, I, I, I think... Uh, let me start with something not to do it. And I hope it just takes the pressure off everybody. Mm -hmm. If you try too hard to be an influence, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's all going to self-destruct. So Mm -hmm. in fact, you you may be, be somebody people want to avoid. Um, Give me an example of trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, coming on too strong with people. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. uh, Just sometimes people can sense that, uh, that, that you're, you know, you're being a little manipulative mm. to get people to do or believe what you want them to be, believe. Sometimes you're a little, you feel such pressure to influence and lead that you take over too much. Mm. You become too uncomfortable with just, you know, a moment or two where nobody's talking and things like that. Um, and sometimes people just just come to not, if you're not genuine, uh, people come to not trust your motives. Mm. Like, and I always, I always tell pastors that I have opportunity to speak to, you know, you always have to love people more than you love position. That it just, mm. you know, and, and sometimes we get too off in our position. Sometimes we actually try too hard. We make the Bible studies too long. Right. We, we talk too much, all of these things. Um, you know, don't try hard. A, a friend of mine used to say, um, you know, if you know what you're living for and you live at 100%, and, and then you, you know, you're willing to sort of change your surroundings rather than always yielding to your surroundings. Mm. You know, influence person, you know, changes and effects. Yeah. Like, mm. I hope, you know, I, I think my life's better 
in in the end because Anthony, you and Sarah have been a part of my life, mm. and and that's your influence on me. I want to have influence on you. Yeah. But but if you know what you're living for, first of all, you're in the minority. I mean, very few people right. can articulate what they're living for. That's where the gospel helps us as mm-hmm. believers. And then you actually live it 100%. So people see somebody who knows what they're about and, and they're not 50%ers or 100%ers. I mean, that'll make you a person of influence without saying a word or even trying. Wow. Because people people want to have something to live for, and to especially the people in our groups. They want to love Jesus. They want to be better Christians. And and if they see you just authentically being that, mm-hmm. I mean, you you already have an influence. You don't right. have to feel pressure to preach to them or anything. And then and then just get them together, and see what happens when people start talking and praying for each other. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So, really, just that that hunger for the Lord, yeah. keeping that yeah. center of, center of your life, yourself right. as a leader, yeah. and, and the example yeah. of that, and the outpouring really of that, the outpouring mm-hmm. that that. Well, the effect it'll have in a group meeting when you've been praying exactly. every day um, and in the Word every day. I mean, the, the effect that that will have and, in a meeting. And and Jesus is then shaping, you know, a, a real heart of love. That's the other thing I, from the early days, that amazed me about leading a small group was was just the heart God gives you for these people. You know, the love mm-hmm. of God shed abroad in our hearts, and so we stay hungry for God as we live at a hundred percent. And yet we're honest and authentic about it. But, but then as we're, you know, every week praying for people in our small group and, and, and just open to the Holy spirit, nudging us to write a note to them once in a while or at the right day, you know, just, he just gives you a heart for people. And, and if you love Jesus with all your heart and and, and you just love people, uh, first and second commandments, right? Right. The, The great, the great commandments, I mean, it, it, it's it, it, it doesn't need to be overcomplicated. Yeah. I mean, you do have to convene meetings and you do have to lead a discussion, Bible study and things. You do have to handle the person who talks too much or yeah. dominates. I mean, those are the tough things about leading a group. But in the long run, what carries you through is that you're, you're just loving Jesus, but you really love the people in your group as well. Yeah. You know? Well, there's actually data that supports what you're saying as mm-hmm. well. I was... Uh, reading a book, it's, uh, leading small groups that thrive. I actually can't even remember who wrote the book at the moment. So sorry about that. Um, but they, they did some research on this and mm. the number one effective tool for a healthy spiritual, um, small group is, is a leader that prays mm. and not praise, right? not necessarily wow. praise with the group, but uh, wow. a leader that prays. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That praise. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it just wow. goes along with what you're saying. I, I know when I'm trying to hire staff people, especially on pastoral staff, mm. I always like to have an opportunity where I hear them pray yeah. first because prayer is kind of a language of our hearts. It's kind right. of like mm-hmm. it's harder to fake that. Yeah. So and, right. and people feel your realness when you pray. And true. people are touched when you they know you're praying for them. So mm-hmm. that, that's great. Yeah. yeah, I haven't read that book yet, yeah. but that's a great insight. Yeah, so, and when I'm listening to, as you both talk and share about just communion and intimacy with Christ, is taking care of that role that you have with Christ, that relationship. And so I'm thinking about the other relationships that I know our group leaders have. I mean, I'm talking about mother, child, sister, like, I mean, in my life, student. I hear when you were talking about leading a group while you're in your PhD program, you were student. Yeah. And so 
there's all these different roles and responsibilities you have. And so how does integrating this additional role in your life as a group leader impact the others? How do you make sure that you're stewarding these roles well and not putting too much weight into one? Cause that's not good stewardship then. No. Yeah. So yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, that's a great, um, that's, that's a dilemma for many of us. I think when we say yes to leading a small group, we are saying I'm willing, I'm willing to, um, I'm willing to manage my energy levels mm. so that and my calendar so that I have time. Very, very much time management these days is just energy management. And you know, you probably should not lead a group if your marriage is on the edge and mm. you're not given enough time to spending with your spouse mm. or your kids are getting none of your time. And if um, you're just already exhausted, you know, unless you really believe the Lord's just ask you to do something and he'll help you with everything else. But, but in general, in, in general, um, you know, watch your energy levels mm-hmm. and, and plan ahead on your calendar. Those, those are the two things I do. I, I have things on my calendar a year or two from now, you know, and also I have, you know, when I was a dad, I had two little kids, I was pastoring. I also had a family night on the calendar every mm-hmm. Thursday night mm-hmm. and, my girls would actually hear people call me at home on the phone and I, they'd hear my side of the conversation. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I can't be at that meeting. Wow. I've got a commitment uh, tonight. And, uh, and the, the commitment was not everybody can handle this, but the commitment was buying pizza and watching a movie with my <laughs> girls. Love but it. it was family night. It was yeah. on the calendar yeah. months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And I could honestly say, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm already booked that night, yeah. you know? And uh, so you, you get ahead of everybody else's agenda on your calendar. Mm. You put the most important things on your calendar. You reserve your best energies for the most important things. And, and you know, all of us wear at least five or six different hats but in life. But, but the small group leader hat, the discipling hat, mm. is, is essential to the building of the Church of Jesus Christ. And it's worth making sacrifices for, but it's worth just a little extra work to manage life. You just got to mm. intentionally manage life to make sure you do have energy for everything. Right. So good. So good. Pastor Jim's going to start preaching in here in a minute. Man, <laughs> you know, shut me down fast. <laughs> uh, well, this has been really, really great. You are our lead pastor. So yeah. I, I wanted to give you a chance to, to say anything else that you just want to, you want our group leaders to know from your heart. Mm. Um, is, is there anything else you just kind of want to say before we go? Thanks. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying this in any kind of, trite way but I, I really view each of you as my partners in the discipling task up until i got involved in like small group ministry in a in a college campus setting uh, i had only heard the word disciple used as a noun like jesus had disciples i'd never heard mm. that word used as a verb as a pastor i view myself in a discipling uh yes. mode you know i'm trying to help people connect with Jesus, mm-hmm. connect with each other, mm-hmm. find their purpose in life, uh, which is what our church is all about, mm-hmm. God, people, purpose. And I, I really, I'm not just saying this, I mean, you really are my partners here. I, I can't do this by just talking for a half hour to a thousand people at a time. You know, I, I just can't do it alone. I really need people, you, bringing people together in relationship, personalizing everything, uh, believing in people, being their spiritual coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can do things one dimensionally, but our church is not three dimensional without the kind of thing you have happening as disciple makers. That's right. That's awesome. That's right. 
Yeah. So good. Well, Pastor Jim, we knew this would be rich conversation because yeah. it's you. So this was easy for us. And, and because I've got good interviews, <laughs> especially that. <laughs> well, we really thank you. appreciate you taking the time, and we know it's going to bless a lot of people. So yeah, thank thanks. you so Love much you for joining us. us. Really thank appreciate you. the leadership you're giving to all this. Absolutely. Thank you. Wow, what a fantastic conversation that was with Pastor Jim. I really, really appreciate him taking the time out to pour into us as group leaders here at Central and elsewhere, if you're listening. Um, uh, I hope that conversation was as rich for you as it was for us sitting in the room. I did reference a book called Leading Small Groups That Thrive. Um, I didn't know the authors at the moment, but I would want to give that to you. It was Ryan Hartwig, Courtney Davis, and Jason Sniff. Uh, Five Shifts to Take Your Group to the Next Level. It really is a fantastic book, a great read if you want to go check that out, Leading Small Groups That Thrive. And in that book, they did talk about prayer and how important that is as a group leader, that you are in constant prayer. Um, And Pastor Jim recently spoken his sermon and he kind of gave us a verse for the year. He gave us a couple verses, but the first one was from Luke 5, 16, which it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So I just want you guys to be thinking about that, encouraging you to often, you know, often withdraw withdraw to lonely places and pray and and commune with God because the impact that's going to have on you as a group leader and your group, even more importantly, is just going to be huge if you're doing that. Right. Which goes right along with what Pastor Jim shared when he talked about priorities and focusing on your communion and intimacy with Christ and really just having an overflow of that to your group members. And so we're praying that you guys just continue to abound and increase in your love, not only for God and your relationship with God, but with your group members that your love continues to abound for your group members. We appreciate each one of you guys and we're praying over each one of you guys. And so just appreciate you guys. And thanks for listening to this. And we hope you enjoyed it and really got something out of it. All right. See you next time. See ya.